five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That's the time that we talk every week. And so if the weather's nice, I walk my dog, I put my headphones in, I talk to my mom. All of a sudden you have these groups of people walking up and down this like main street where there's cars on Shabbat. It's not an area that's closed. It's one of the main streets up and down, you know, in and out of Jerusalem, screaming Shabbat at you or Shabbos at you. Why are they screaming Shabbat at you? Because I am breaking Shabbat. Um, They are there to remind you by yelling Shabbos. Did I do a good impression? Shabbos. You're a woman and therefore that's horrible. This is the Mid-East Peace Podcast. I am your host, Molly Livingstone, here in Jerusalem. Alex Giles is going to be sitting this one out because today we're talking about Jerusalem. Now, the Jerusalem you think about often when I say that word, Jerusalem, what is it? Old, ancient, religious? That's all great, but I'm talking about a modern Jerusalem that is in a Jewish state, a democratic state, I hesitated, and in the Middle East. What does that mean when we actually stop talking about this problem between the Jews and Arabs and actually focus on Jews and Jews? I know, who thought that Jews and Jews wouldn't get along? But of course, you have very religious Jews, very secular Jews. The very religious Jews, often known as Hasidim, Haredes, ultra-Orthodox, and the seculars, often eating pig or delicious cheeseburgers, or just not keeping the Sabbath in the way that maybe the Torah told us that we were supposed to do it. I hesitate a lot. But here's the thing. There have been actual protests going on and an intensity that has been taking over the city over the last couple of years and in the last couple of months even more so. Why? Until a few years ago, ultra-Orthodox Jews did not have to go to the army and serve in the army here in Israel, whereas everyone else had to. Now this caused a lot of friction and a law was passed to draft them. And that has caused a lot of friction. Ultra-Orthodox do not want to go in. There is a faction that refused to. And that faction, as all extremists, make a lot of noise. That noise has turned into protests, taking over the streets during rush hour, and causing a lot of havoc. Well, as you can see from around the world, if you look at America, if you look at Egypt, wherever you are, there are people that will always then go against those extremists, and even if they're liberal. Welcome to the seculars who are now protesting against those ultra-Orthodox. What exactly does that look like when I talk about Jerusalem? Well, I have one of those very people that gave me an interview, despite her being a very busy lady, Elizabeth, and I interrupted her workday to find out what it was like for her to attend these protests where she is the secular on Shabbat, a day of rest, going against ultra-Orthodox, where they meet in their religious communities. It's a fascinating interview. I'd love to hear what you think. I am sitting with a very busy lady, Elizabeth, here in Jerusalem. (laughs) Would you define yourself, first of all, as secular? And if so, what does that mean? Sure. It means I'm not religious. (laughs) But what does that actually mean? Because people think of Jerusalem as this holy religious place of all the religions, Christianity, Judaism, Muslim. You like that? Yeah, I'm going to talk like this the entire time. It's sexy, but it's also (laughs) priesty. So what does that mean? You don't keep kosher. No. You don't keep Shabbat, the Holy Sabbath. No. What else don't you keep? Do you keep your pants on? 
Sometimes. <laughs> Lately, and I don't know how much the world knows about this, there used to be in the Middle East all these Arab Springs. There was the Arab Spring in Egypt, and Iran had their little jive. And in Israel, it kind of skipped over. There wasn't really like a Palestinian outrage or riots or whatever there is, for whatever reason. But Within the Jewish community lately, it has seemed more and more that there is Jew against Jew. And that's the religious, the very religious, against the less religious or secular, as you kind of just sort of described yourself. So the world doesn't know about this. But for Israel, that's huge, meaning we're supposed to be this Jewish democratic state. And now we have Jew on Jew fighting. Yeah, you're laughing at it because you can only imagine the pictures of like two little whiteies going after it. What, first of all, does that mean to you when Jew on Jew? Right. I'm so sorry. That was me being racist. They come in all shapes, sizes, and colors as Jewish people. From your perspective as a secular, when people don't think of Jerusalem as a secular place, there is pluralism here, and it is a fight, and that's part of it. What do you see life as here as a secular Jew living in Jerusalem? So on the average, it's not a big deal at all. Like, you know, you have places that are open on Shabbat. You have places that aren't. You have things that are kosher. You have things that aren't. And for the most part, I think it's fine. Personally, I'm not looking to Dafka have to go out on Shabbat afternoon or something. I have to go buy something. I have to go eat something. Yeah. What's like Dafka for the uh, not Jew? Really, I don't really have to. It's not like, you know, I do like to have Shabbat dinner. I do like to have Shabbat meals with friends and take the day to relax a little bit. But I like the option that if I want to go to a restaurant or if I want to go pick up something at the store that I forgot that I have that option. But it's not like I have to have it. There's no animosity where like I would like to eat pig in front of ultra religious people. For me personally? Yeah. No, not at all. I also don't eat pig. But if I were, I'm just saying if you could go as unkosher there as possible. There are times that I do want to flash them just to piss them off because they piss me off. But no, I, I am not a vengeful or uh, instigator sort of. I'm not I'm not there to stir up shit. So Okay, so great. So let's talk about living because there are different pockets of Jerusalem that are less religious and more religious. And you as a tourist may never know that until you walk into the wrong place and you may be explained you're not dressed modest enough. We living here kind of know the rules. In Jerusalem, we have an area called Meisharim. It's very religious, the most ultra-Orthodox, Haredi and Hasidim. That's what they're called. They wear what I like to call the donut fur hats. They wear bathrobes, in my opinion, although these are all very religious gears that they wore in Poland. And when they were kicked out of Poland, they had to keep up the customs. And you're rolling your eyes because... They say that. No, that's... You think they just want to sweat in the summer? Why are they wearing that outfit? They have to. That was a choice. To not move along with the times. Do you think the people in the time of the Bible dressed wearing a strimal and a kittel? No. No. Things evolved to a certain point, and then they said we're not evolving anymore. Well, I think there was fear. What happened in the Holocaust and everyone was wiped out, there was a fear. We're the only ones left. We must keep tradition. We must keep this going. And that means everything. That means every prayer. doesn't mean that everything needs to stay exactly the same. Like, you're just, you're alienating people at that point. But that's a whole other conversation about Judaism. It is. And it's frustrating because in Israel, I think because there is this strife to keep it a democracy and to keep things open, we do battle ourselves. And this is where the Jews come in. So in Israel, you are at 18 years old, basically as a man or woman, supposed to go to the army. As a woman, you serve two years. As a man, you serve three years. However... national service. Or national service, right. You're given options. However... As a very religious person, you can opt out and have for many years to go to yeshiva where you can study Torah all day. And up until a few years ago, that was acceptable. However, a few years ago, the government decided, no, you must also serve your country. And this is where this battle has slowly come 
into place. And to the point where now the ultra-Orthodox... It's it's a a faction of. It's not everybody. Right, for sure. And actually, unfortunately, those who do choose to serve or follow the rule, because it is a law, find themselves beaten up within their own communities, chased down streets, hiding in stores. We have to remember that. You have the factions on either end. Why can't you let me be stereotypical and generalize people so that we can have hatred? Why aren't you giving me that? (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so free hate, fine, these factions. But these factions, as any kind of like terrorism or extremism, whatever it is. They're the ones you see. They're the ones you hear. Exactly. So they have been the ones we've been hearing. How have they been doing this? They block where the central bus station is. That's to get to and out of Jerusalem. They will block the streets. They will set tires on fire. They will come in hundreds and possibly thousands to block us. And it's really hard because then we're like, oh my gosh, I literally can't get on a bus right now. There's more issues because you're like, you're taking all of my tax dollars that I pay for. You don't, you know, or that my son or daughter or whatever has, or I served in the army and you didn't. And yet you're taking all the, like the money that goes into the social infrastructure is being allocated towards dealing with your Balagan. Right. And Balagan for again, Chaos, crazy. Shit. Shit. (laughs) I think it's like a Russian word. I don't really know. Okay. What is now happening is the secular... No, I'm good. I'm like humped over her desk, if you guys can just imagine that for a second. punched, maybe not humped, but okay. Freudian slip. So the secular people have now started to protest against the religious people. I like that I can cuss on this. Yeah, so what did you just say? You could say it even... Fuck you. What does that translate to when I'm saying there was supposed to be a day of rage that you and I were going to attend in November and it didn't happen and this day of rage is supposed to be the secular people going against those ultra-religious in factions manner. in a peaceful snowflakey whatever manner are you a snowflake that didn't happen but there's a Facebook group and there are events and then you sent me another one and it was to happen on Shabbat Saturday this past week and you did attend yeah So tell me what that was like. First of all, why did you choose to attend this? So two years ago, I moved into the center of town, like right by the Shuk, as opposed to living in Baca in the German colony where I'd been before. And the Shuk is the outdoor market and the center of town is all the hip happening place. You live in a neighborhood, Nachlaot. You're amazing. And the people that live with you are amazing. They're all like sort of dirty, hippie hipsters that don't mind cockroaches and tons of cats. And coming from L.A., that's actually pretty perfect. (laughs) Dirty hippie, you know? Okay. So I moved down there and I saw a different side of Jerusalem that I'd never seen before because I know that things are open and I'm very much again the LA like live and let live you know I'm doing my thing you're doing your thing I'm not going to bother you I'm going to respect you you're not going to bother me you're going to respect me all is good and you have things like the first station and and, you know that actually goes really nicely but then you go to town the first station is an open place it's like has stores and restaurants that are not kosher and it was purposely built for pluralism as a point of pluralism it's like almost like a piece of tel aviv moved into jerusalem where all the seculars came out of the woodwork and they're like we have somewhere to go on shabbat that's nice you can also hang out with people on shabbat like you know you see people with their kids that are religious and not religious and just hanging out and like whatever right but anyway so like that works really nicely and that was a really nice area to live in and then when i moved to town and all of a sudden you know i'm in between two Haredi compounds which evidently are totally i've personally have never had an issue with them People I know who've lived in the area have never had issues with them. My street is suddenly closed on Shabbat. They block my street. You can't drive in. How do they block it? What does that mean? They put up fences, like the metal barriers on Shabbat so that you cannot drive a car down certain areas. And that was like a whole shock. I went on a Saturday to go see my apartment with somebody and we're like, oh, we can't drive in. So that was a shock, but fine. But then you have things in town that are open. You have restaurants, you have stores that are open. And evidently, from what I've been told from a friend who lives down the street from me for a long time, is that 
the Haredim will choose every couple years, whatever, I don't know, like, but they'll change different areas that they'll harass that are open on Shabbat. It's like a Kabbalistic thing. They like look into the Torah and they're like, one plus seven equals eight. That means in 2018, we will go after McDonald's, the unkosher McDonald's. Exactly. Um, which they closed down in the Central West Station. So they won. Yeah, they did. So it was interesting. So one, that you're seeing such an, a different diverse population of Jerusalem that I had not seen on a regular basis living in a primarily Anglo area. But two, you know, I walk out on Shabbat. My parents and I have five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That's the time that we talk every week. And so if the weather's nice, I walk my dog, I put my headphones in, I talk to my mom. All of a sudden you have these groups of people walking up and down this like main street where there's cars on Shabbat. It's not an area that's closed. It's one of the main streets up and down, you know, in and out of Jerusalem screaming Shabbat at you or Shabbos at you. Why are they screaming Shabbat at you? Because I am breaking Shabbat. So um, they are there to remind you by yelling, Shabbos. Did I do a good impression? Date. Shabbos. Yes, but you're a woman and therefore that's horrible. And I'm so sorry. But, uh, you should be. Um, but uh, no, like all of a sudden it's a whole different world. I'm like, you're ruining my Shabbat. I'm having a really nice afternoon on the phone with my family or walking down the street and listening to music. Like, why did my Shabbat have to look like what your Shabbat looks like? So anyway, so they, they go into these different areas. Um, and I've seen them like on Friday night, I guess on their way to school or something. Like they're screaming at restaurants that are open. And you see them all around or like... You know, one day one of the Arab workers was closing a store and they were screaming at him because I guess it was like right after Shabbat had come in or something like that. And he's like, I'm not Jewish. And they're screaming at him and like pounding on the glass. So, again, it comes down to the fact of like what they view Judaism as. If you don't follow what that is, then they don't like you. I mean, in a nutshell, I'm sure there's much more to it. But and like, the they, of course, we're being orthodox. And a faction. And a faction of the ultra-Orthodox. There's some people that are so nice and like guys who will smile at me and say Shabbat Shalom even when they see me with my headphones on, wearing my pants and walking my black dog. And there's others who will avert their eyes or cross the street or jump over cars to get away from my black dog. Is it because he's black or a dog or both? Both. Oh my god. Dogs are bad, black dogs are even worse. And she's tiny. But like, I get it. And again, though, if I'm not bothering you, why do you need to bother me? Like, your Shabbat can look the way you want it to look. I'm not going to come through blaring music, you know, in your neighborhood. So don't come through yelling Shabbos in mine. But you said you're all about live and let be. So where did that turn that you did go to this protest, this sort of Um, day of rage, secular? Well, because they're not letting us be. And so I saw this thing and it was supposed to be like a peaceful protest. And I've seen a couple of them and I've wanted to go and I haven't. So I finally was like, okay. So I went with a friend and we walked down and there were like five kids there. And like by kids, I mean like 22, 23 year olds. So I was like, whatever. That was your protest? That's who yeah. cared? And so like we're like, okay. So we just walked around for a while and we we're like, I guess there's not a protest today. So we're going to head home now. And all of a sudden we heard like when you hear a crowd start to murmur, you know, you can hear it coming. We're like, whoa. And you start hearing Shabbos. And you start hearing yelling. So we went down. We walked towards the crowd. And then you see like, you know, there was maybe somewhere between 100 and 200 because you have kids. There was lots of men and lots of kids. There were no women in there. And they were coming down the street and they, some of them had signs which I couldn't read so well, but they were yelling Shabbos. And, you know, like there was a cab that drove through. It's a main street. Again, they have the right. Their area was blocked off. So they just come down blocking the street, screaming at everybody. And the Chilonim, like, got in the middle, like those seculars, the secular, like, five kids, like, got in the middle and were, like, yelling also. And what were they yelling then? I couldn't actually tell because there were too much whatever. But it was really an uncomfortable feeling as they're walking past us. So I picked up my dog because, you know, you never know. I got yelled at for having my phone out because I was trying to video. Yeah. Can you show me the video while we're talking? I tried to put it away. And, yeah, we stood there and we watched. And they went on their side of their fence. We went on our side of the fence. Hold on. So you're showing me now. It's like an empty street. Wow. And they're like walking towards you. It's like a tsunami of uh, ultra-Orthodox. And there's only five of you, and it looks like there's... No, the the other people were in there. I wasn't part of the... I didn't end up being part of the protest because I stood on the So there were actual people that were protesting. Yeah, there were like five of them. So it still was small. You want to see another fun one? 
Whoa, they're in your face. That's why I picked up my dog. Wow. And they're kind of like marching. Yeah. Looks like the 100-man march or something. You want to see them go after a cab? Wow. So they kind of surround a cab, yeah. trying not to let him go. And I've heard stories also of ambulances that are going in that even though it's Shabbat, they should allow them because it's somebody's life on the line. So what do you want to come from all this? Because the tensions are rising, Jews against Jews. Yeah, sure. The world doesn't really know about it. So we're talking about it. What may be the first time for many people to hear. What do you want them to know? And how do you solve or get back to that live and let be? Well, you have to educate. Like instead of instigating and throwing things at each other or yelling at each other, you do actually have to have conversations. But neither side, I mean, I don't know about the secular side. It seems like the ultra-Orthodox, that faction, that extremist faction really just wants what they want and they're not willing to compromise. If you're going to get past, you have to talk. But at the end of the day, it's about fine. I may not like you. You may not like me. But like, stay on your side. I'll stay on my side. Don't bother each other. Like, that's the best way to do it. Do you think there's any instigating from the secular side? So what is that? Oh, so even at the protest, they were instigating? Like how? That's part of why we didn't join in. I didn't like it. So one of the people I talked to afterwards was like, no, we've never done that before. But like, you know, the little kids are, are pushing the fence towards the adults. The adult kicks the fence down. Like, they're little kids. Yes, I don't agree with them, and they, you know, should be taught, but you're not helping when you're making, you're feeding into their stereotypes of what you are. That concept of being the better person, you know, take the high road, whatever, you know, sometimes you have to follow that. And, you know, you might not get the response you want right then, but... So, yeah, they were definitely instigating and jumping and yelling at each other, and, like, when you're on your side of the fence, I'm on my side of the fence, like, stay there. So you want apartheid? Any literal fence. Everyone always thinks of apartheid with Jews and Arabs, but what you're actually suggesting is let's have apartheid of Jews and Jews, of different factions of... Gosh, when you put it that way. Like, meaning on Shabbat, maybe. You know, you stay and don't scream at us, and we'll stay and not instigate. I mean, I didn't instigate, but I don't know. Like, that's actually a really interesting, like, if you could educate, if you could have a conversation, but when you're everybody's screaming at each other, you can't. So what do you do when two kids are yelling at each other? You separate them for a little bit until everybody can cool down and then you can do it. I don't think on Shabbat is the place to have this conversation. I mean, it might be at a later point, but for right now, it's just like everybody chill the fuck out. So on that note... Stop yelling at me. Stop yelling at Elizabeth. Stop calling me a shiksa on Shabbat and yelling that it's Shabbat. Call her shiksa on Tuesday. Don't call her shiksa on Shabbat. It's just uncalled for. If I really offend you that much, I'm just like, I, I get to a point that I almost want to just flash them. Like, if I offend you that much by the fact that I am wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt and you might see a little bit of my toes from my flip-flops with my black dog, if I offend you that much, like, I'm ready just to, like, flash you. The boobs are coming out. Absolutely. Well. Just kidding. I'm not actually going to do that. But Not yet. But breaking news. It might be on the next (laughs) podcast. I kind of want to. You you never know where things go nowadays. And people do take extreme measures. And if you're seeing the secular sort of let's love and going after them as well, the them being the extremists on the other side, both sides are going to end up being extreme with the law only going further and further saying you must serve in the army or at least check a box that you understood that you must serve but you're not going to. They're not going to and like the whole thing started because of not the whole thing but like more recently it seems that it was like two guys who ditched the draft were then caught they were supposed to be studying in yeshiva but they were caught going on vacation to the Dead Sea. So Unacceptable. Don't float on my time. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well I think that people should keep on understanding the complications of the Middle East and that it's much further than just the Jews and the Arabs, but there's the Jews and the Jews. And we didn't even get to issues like how women are treated, 
which even if Israel does it better than some other parts of the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, I'm mainly talking to you, you let them drive in cars almost June 2018. We'll see if that happens. June 2018. Move in slowly. We're stuck in traffic on that one. Tell us what you think. I'm curious what the people out there think. Do you think we're being too harsh? Do you think Elizabeth is just a bad person? I might be. She should do some chuva or some redemption. <laughs> Maybe she should be uh, educated by the Haredis on the other side, the ultra-Orthodox. I'd love to hear what you think. Elizabeth, any last words? Have I offended you? And do I care? No. All is good. And so there you have it. I asked you at the end. I want your comments. I want to know what you think. Is it really coming down to apartheid between Jews and Jews? Or am I just joking? I can't even tell. Well, you can always subscribe, listen to more podcasts on iTunes. That's where we are. Facebook, The Mideast Beast. The website, themideastbeast.com. Follow us on Twitter at Mideast Beasties. This has been another episode of The Mideast Beast. 